Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Living Well. I'm so glad to have you with us today. And my guest, if you haven't had the opportunity to read the uh, promo, today's guest has worked with a number of Fortune 500 companies. We've entitled this series Workplace Communication. Today is part one of three parts and we will be looking at women in technical fields. My guest's background includes years of dedicated experience and training in mechanical engineering. She possesses the innate ability and capacity to attract, recruit, and mentor highly productive teams, and she has the tenacity, and I do tell you the tenacity, to manage all of them effectively. Her knowledge and application of communication and mentoring skills assist her to successfully lead her team in promoting internal and external business relationships. There are also vital assets that help to strengthen customer confidence. Folks, it is my pleasure, my extreme pleasure to welcome and she's going to be mad at me, but to welcome Dr. Cheryl L. Sellers to the show. I say she's going to be mad at me because this is a woman who is so humble, she never, ever even reveals that she has her Ph.D. But I want to give her all of the kudos and all of the accolades, and I know each and every one of you join me in that sentiment. So, Cheryl Welcome to the show. Thank you, Zenobia, and thank you for the the wonderful introduction. You deserve every bit of it, every bit of it. And folks, I just want you to know, this uh, show, when I first began several years ago, this podcast, I started out at 30 minutes, and then uh, over time, I, for not always, but for the most part, I reduced it to 15 minutes. But today we're going to take as long as we need. It may be 15, it may be 20, it may be the full 30. I um, have known Cheryl for a number of years, and when I thought about workplace communication, she immediately came to mind among some of the other women, but I personally know Cheryl. And um, would you just launch us into what it was, Cheryl, before we really get going, what was it that attracted you to, first of all, maybe a technical field, and secondly, engineering, and specifically mechanical engineering? Oh, okay. Probably like many people of my age, when I was in high school, we didn't really have guidance counselors that encouraged us to go to college. So um, I went to high school in North Carolina. Um, As a woman, um, I was put in business leaders uh, for America, 
which basically meant that they were tracking me uh, to be administrative assistant. But God had wow. a different idea. So I was sure outside did. of <laughs> I was outside of a, a grocery store one day. I was walking out the door and a man um stopped me and he said, Excuse me. He said, Are are you in high school? And I said, Yes. I said, um, I'm graduating this year and he said he said, Well, what are you gonna do with your life? And I said, Well, I said, I can type really fast, and um, I'm probably going to be an administrative assistant. And he said, are you good at math and science? And I said, yes. And he told me, why don't, why, why don't you become an engineer? Wow. And then he wow. took probably 10, 15 minutes of his time to explain to me what an engineer was and that if I wanted to do that, I could be an engineer. This is somebody that you did not even know. Is that correct? This is somebody that I did not know. Exactly. Wow. And he had such a huge impact on my life that um, to this day, I always make sure that I talk to young people and that I'm mentoring and coaching and and. Um, constantly talking to people to let them know that there are alternatives to what other people tell you to do, that you don't Absolutely. take what someone else um, labels you as, that you can do anything that you want to do, that you set your mind to doing. And a lot of times people just don't know what's out there. It's so true. And so I think it's and very it's just- important when we're communicating that we're actually sharing with people, all of the other fields and options that they have. This is wonderful. I mean, it's a great, uh, not not only is it wonderful that this man was um, astute and was for whatever reason uh, propelled towards you and then took the time to not only say, why don't you look into this field, but took you aside and spent some quality time with you, helping you to understand what that all entails. What a wonderful story and a wonderful launch into what communication can be, should be. Now, we know, let me backtrack a little bit. We know that in order to have uh, communication, there must be a sender, there must be a message, and there must be a receiver. But in the middle of all of that, there is a, a lot of what <clears throat> some of us call uh interference and or noise and the noise could have been still I don't know but I'm just going to throw this out there as an example to the listeners the noise could have been even once you were given this view and this expansion of what you could become there could have been some competing um, voices saying oh you can't do that you know, trying to dissuade you from doing that. By, by, by the way, did that happen? Did any of that happen? You know, you, I, I to... think that this guy was, was a great example of, of communication because he didn't just tell me something and walk away, but he right. actually gave me a game plan and a confidence that it was something that I could achieve. 
Yes, and I and I got that. I'm just wondering. I'm not trying to put words in your mouth. I'm just wondering. Once he did that, and you had your mind set on what you were going to do, and you knew you would not be dissuaded from doing that, did what was there? Were there people who came along, or maybe even some of your own thoughts, to say no, that's not possible, or no, you know, just kind of some negative input? Was any did any of that happen? It would be great that it did, and I'm well, just curious, did it happen? I I'm I was probably the biggest negative input, so. When I got back to school the next day, right, you know, the, mm-hmm. the school had an idea of where they expected me to go. And it was it was very easy to fall back into that same mode again. But um, the guy had given me a list of things to do. So he okay. talked to me about going to a guidance counselor. He talked to me about looking at colleges, he actually gave me the name of the college that I ended up going to. So he said, this is a really good school. You should apply here. Excellent. So he he gave me steps to be successful. And when we're communicating goals and things to people, we need to make sure that they're successful. That a big part of communication is making sure that you're understood, but also making sure that people can be successful um, in the the, um, the the things that you're asking them to do. That's a very good point. Excellent point. I definitely agree. So now just just launch into some of the experiences that you've had in your many faceted workplaces and many faceted. Um, uh, job functions. Um, uh, let's talk about when you. What have been some of the most challenging uh, situations that you have faced? Give me or give us at least one, maybe two uh, scenarios. Well, they w- won't be scenarios because they actually happen of um, communication uh, successes, as well as some communication. Uh, challenges, maybe the challenges turned into successes, and working with people uh, on on um, par with you, people that you're responsible for, as well as maybe people, whatever consideration you want to share, people who are that you re- report to, so direct reports and the whole gamut. I hope that's I think not too one broad. of the. <laughs> no, it's not. One of the most, um, I think, challenging conversations I had was early on in my career. I was working at Caterpillar, and I had um, two different offices. I would come in sometimes during the day, stay a couple hours at one office, then I would go to the, to the other office, and I would work out of that office. Well, one day the director of the department called me into his office in the morning and he said, I need to talk to you. I asked him, oh, you know, okay, what, what, what's wrong? And he said, I received a complaint about your performance. And, mm-hmm. and that complaint is that you are lazy and you're not working. You're never here. Wow. And, and I said, well, you know that's not true. I said, I get all of my work done. You know I'm working at multiple sites, 
And I said, so I said, I really don't care what they say about me because you know the truth, and, and that's, that's sufficient. And Was it sufficient, he though? Said, no. He said, Cheryl, he said, I want you to listen to me. And he said, don't say anything until I finish telling you. And he said, perception is reality. He said, this person says that you're lazy. This person is communicating that you're lazy, that you're not doing your job to other people around the company. You have to be cognizant of what people are saying about you because that becomes your brand. That becomes mm. how everyone sees you, especially as a minority. So a woman in a technical field, there already are biases according to how you communicate, according to how you react. And so he said what you needed to do is you need to determine what your brand is going to be. How do you want people to see you? And you need to make sure that all of your interactions and all of your communications point toward that person. So I took the advice okay. that, that he gave me, and I mm-hmm. went out. I got a board for my office and put the different locations up there. And, I, you know, when I was at one location or the other location, I made sure that everyone knew where I was. I had a cell phone. Uh-huh. I would forward my voicemail so that I could respond quickly if people needed to get a hold of me. Because that was great. That was great. I didn't want people's perception to be that. I wanted people to to perceive me as hardworking and energetic and a go-to person to get things done. Who indeed that, you are. That you communication was are. critical for my career. I'm sorry. Yeah. What what did you say? That, no, no, I said you wanted them, you, you said that you wanted to um, give them the perception that you were hardworking and dedicated, et cetera, and I just tagged on to say, which is who you are. I mean, that's exactly who you are. Exactly. But they didn't know that. Exactly. But I don't understand, I don't understand why they didn't know that you had this dual role and dual offices. I mean, that seems, you, you eventually, from what I'm hearing, you eventually made sure that they did, but it would seem as though your directors or direct reports would would have been the ones who would have made it known to staff that you were wearing these uh, multiple hats. Uh, Am I off base there? I think that they just, something in their background, they just had uh, a a bias. So they had their own perceptions based on, on, you know, whether it was my gender or my ethnicity or, or, but they just had their own perceptions based on that. And so, so they knew, it, they it knew appeared, you. Yeah. Did they know you had the dual role and then were making these assumptions? No, they did not. Okay. Okay. Well, you handled that just extremely well. That was a lot of ingenuity there. Um, it seems like it would be an obvious thing to do and yet it's not. And for you to go out and get the board and forward your calls and, I mean, that, how, what happened? How, did they did it dispel their their mislabeling? Exactly. It it dispelled the labeling and 
people, you know, their their perceptions then changed to, you know, Cheryl, Cheryl's very hardworking. She works at multiple facilities. You know, she's always on call. She's always available whatever time we call her because I had the cell phone. So it totally changed their their perception of who I was. Wow. But it's, wow. It, is, it is, I thought, one of the most important conversations that I've had because even though we don't want to think perception is reality, even though we think people should trust us and they should know us and they should believe in us, yes. it is up to each one of us to to determine who we are and to make sure that people understand that. And, and all of that is about communication. It really whether is. Whether it's verbal or nonverbal, whether it's boards or leaving messages or, or – or whatever that is. Yeah. One of the now you have the other. Hmm? Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Oh no! Go, go ahead. Go I'm ahead. Answer your question. No, no, no. I want you to go ahead. I I hear another example coming. So go ahead. Oh, I I was just going to say that one of the other um, conversations that I had that was really helpful for me as a woman in a technical field. I went to a um, women in, I believe it was a women in engineering conference, and they Mm -hmm. spent, they had a session that talked about the differences between how men and women communicate and the perceptions of that communication. One of the things that they talked about that really was helpful to me is that women tend to, um, to try to, to get buy-in among people by how they communicate, and men tend to want to take control and ownership of an idea. So, for instance, women would say, uh, do you think we should uh, run this test or, or contact this person to ask them about something? A man would say, we should contact Bob and ask him <laughs> to run this test. It, very, it may be small, but to men and how they perceive you, it makes a big difference. So when you, you say, do you think we should, or maybe if we do this, or I, do you think um, this is the direction we should take, that trying to get everyone to buy into the same idea is seen as a weakness, especially in a technical organization and from from men. I'm not saying this is in general for everyone because you're going to have people that fall on one side or the other of a normal distribution, but in general. Yes. I'm very glad you shared that. I communicated also. And so I try now, especially when I'm in a work atmosphere, to say, I think we need to do this and to take ownership of the idea as my own and then say, what do you think? Ah. Do you, you know, but I take ownership of it first and then try to, 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 um, get buy-in and and get, you know, do change management, get everybody to participate in being part of the solution. But I present my ideas 
Coast. That's excellent. Uh, and it's just a, it's just the reworking of the phrases, the words, just a little bit that makes all the difference, isn't it? it yes, it is. It is definitely. But I think it's just it. Men and women are socialized so different. Men tend yeah. to speak much more concisely. They have conversations that serve a purpose, and women tend to uh, to to gesture more, to use facial expressions more, to use affirmation. And, and these things aren't bad things. They're good things. But when you're commuting it, you're communicating in a technical atmosphere, you need to be aware of not just what you're saying, but how the other person is perceiving it. There we are with perception. Again. So, perception being exactly. a big part of communication. And it's so true. I mean, exactly. even in some... Even in familial uh, relationships with your loved ones, you know, at home, it's perception it often is, is, is what's in the middle of disagreement. You know, I thought you said, I thought you meant, uh, and you're saying, or, or let's say it's me and you, you're saying, well, Zenobia, I took this, this position because I thought you meant. And I'm saying, well, how could you think I meant that? That's not what I said. Perception, exactly. perception, perception, and then we have the uh, exactly. Thing Even of, though you're um, listening, you're listening with your own. You're listening with your own experiences. Yes, and, and so then we, we have can hear the same message and take it different. Right. I want to spend a little bit of time also on how you feel the um, the new technology. Well, it's not new anymore, but texting and emailing, uh, you know, versus having a face-to-face conversation, how does that affect what you, how you communicate with your, with your, your coworkers? How, does it impede or does it assist? I tend to do both and mostly because I am, um, I am shy. So a lot of times it is more difficult for me to talk directly with a person, but it's something that I always have to work on. And I know people get a lot um, of your communication from your your facial expressions, your 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 body language, and those type of things. So when you're face to face, it's a lot easier to understand each other. Even after I right. speak with someone, though, I always send an email. So if I'm having oh, yes. a conversation with a colleague and mm-hmm. we're discussing something, I will always send an email afterward and say, this is the conversation that we had. This is what I got it out of it and what my expectations are about the direction that we're heading. That way I, yes. you connect with people whether they're verbal or they're, or, you know, whether they would rather receive a message auditory or whether they would rather read the message. They get it both ways. I think that's the, the, the ideal. Um, for me, I do text, but uh, I find texting and even sometimes emailing is just so easy to be misunderstood. Uh, but to be able when when it's possible to to either be face to face 
on a webinar, um, it just makes it so much easier to be able to say, you said, is that what you meant? And then have immediate feedback. And, of course, certainly following all of that up most of the time, if not all of the time, with yet another mode of uh, communication. I have to look up the text messaging language. I don't know what much of the language means, you know, the letters and (laughs) abbreviations. I find myself so often, I try to guess at it, but I don't want to guess and guess wrong, so I'm going to the, 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 the urban language, or sometimes you don't even have to put urban language in there. You just put IDK. You know, I thought that meant I don't know, but I wasn't sure. <laughs> I wasn't sure. <laughs> we, our time is flying. It's just flying. I want to ask you about two things uh, in particular in case, you know, you need to wrap up real quick to address one or the other. I want to ask you about collaboration. When you are collaborating on projects, particularly, well, it doesn't matter with whom. I just wanted to know, being you mentioned um, folks having their predispositions uh, often about uh, someone, whether it's uh, the fact that you're a woman, whether it's the fact that you're, you're you know, you're African-American, uh, the fact that you do have your higher level degree, or whatever the issue is. Do you find um, the, the climate healthy when you have to collaborate? And I know I want to make sure that I share with the audience that you have done a lot of collaboration. You had to not only in your jobs themselves, but the fact that you've done patents, you 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 produce patents, you produce uh, publications, you've been on boards. Um, so that's one question. And then the other, I want you to touch on uh, this whole idea you had mentioned. Uh, before we went on air, you had mentioned the differences between men and women when they ask for uh, promotion and or um, remuneration. So you could begin with either of those, but I do want to get both in if we can. Okay. I, I, I will start with the promotion. Um, okay. Before I accepted my first job, I uh, – was coached by someone, and again, at another conference, that women tend to not ask for um, salary increase. They do not negotiate when they're accepting a job. And it is thought to be one of the reasons why women's salaries are uh, lower than men's salaries. Now, it, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think the pay gap um, is due to a lot of different things, but it is true that the median salary for women is is approximately 20% lower than the median salary for men um, in, in most jobs. In engineering, it's yeah. a little bit better. It's about 16%. Okay. So my first job, after I received that feedback, I actually... Um, I made up in my mind that I would ask for for a salary increase, and I, went, I did go and do that. I did go and do that, and I have done that at every job that I have ever had since then. The interesting thing was um, I received a salary increase, 
um, several people that were hired from the same school that I was were contacted after the fact, and the company also gave them salary increases to match the increase that I received. So, so they were very you fair. know, a lot of times we think exactly, a lot of times we think, oh, well, I'm fine with accepting this. But you can see that the, the step that I made, because someone told me to do something different, actually impacted several other women that um, were being hired at the same time. Oh, sure. I just love it. I mean, it just be speaks. So much of who you are, and uh, I just love that. I don't know. I don't think we're going to have a chance to do the collaboration unless you can give a real quick summary. We're running out of time here. Would you like to address the whole thing? You know what about collaborating? The one thing, the one thing I'll say about collaboration and just communication in in general, I believe Mm -hmm. that we shouldn't waste our conversation. It is very important that um, we as people understand each other. There's power in being transparent and and in our being authentic in how we talk with people. And that when we're collaborating with people, that really is the the best thing that we can do is help them to understand who we are and what our expectations are. Because when you communicate on that level, you you actually get to know each other and understand each other, and that that helps your communication and your collaboration. And versus fighting each other, you know, or one person exactly. fighting the other for, for nothing, you know, for no reason. And we come together, and I love the fact that you say there is strength in that relationship. So on this note, I hate to stop. But we have got to stop, and I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. Folks, if you'd like to get in touch with Dr. Sellers, please contact me at at, uh, 650-741-4137, and I will be sure to get uh, your information to her. I know with the heart that she has for people, she will be more than glad to respond. So, everyone, thank you, Cheryl. We love and having you, you on so the show. Much for, oh, you're more you so than much welcome. for letting me share a little bit. <laughs> it's my honor. So, everyone, I'm going to say good night. Take care. <laughs>